Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends, if you're doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another midweek mashup episode here on the Travis Makes Friends podcast. Today, we are talking all about self-publishing versus traditional publishing. Which one's better? The answer is it's probably dependent on what you're doing and what you want to do. So uh, we brought in three experts to talk about this process, all people who have either published traditionally or have self-published. A couple of them have done both of them. And so we really break down pros and cons, advantages and disadvantages. If you're thinking of writing a book, should you self-publish or should you go try to get a traditional publishing deal? So today on the show, we are featuring Steve Sims, Rebecca Zung, and Dan Martell, all of whom are uh, prolific authors and content creators, friends of mine who have been on the show. And so on this episode, they're going to talk about which one should you do, self-publish, traditional publish, who knows? Take a listen to the episode and maybe you'll find out. Enjoy this week's episode of the Midweek Mashup featuring Steve Sims, Rebecca Zung, and Dan Martell. So what about this book? Is this something that you wanted to do? You felt like this is... Oh, God! (laughs) I was going to say. So yeah, Bluefish can come out. Good success. Sold tens of thousands of copies. Yeah. Right? Bluefish went nuts. And I was stunned. Yeah. Because it shouldn't have sold a copy. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it should have been the biggest waste of your time to read it. <laughs> and it, that, that's true. And I mean that. And it's upsetting that it sold so well because it was obvious stuff that people were ignoring to do. Mm. And interesting. Like you put this whole thing on to, to grow the relationships. Mm. People are picking up a business card and thinking they've got a relationship. Or a friend on Facebook and think they've got a relationship. They see the same person at the seminar every year and think they're in a relationship. They are not. And so Blue Fishing came out going, look, when you want to do this, do this, this, and this. And people were like, oh, that's just... And I had billionaire clients that were reading my book going, never thought of that. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> it is so simple. Why? And they're like, oh, no. People will throw $10,000 at a problem rather than look at why they got the problem in the first place. Mm. You know, it's the classic squeaky wheelbarrow. Right. You don't use right. it, but you'll, you'll oil the wheel once a year. Never fucking use the thing. Right. And so it was that kind of mentality. So I did blue fishing and it took off and, of course, got me all the coaching, all the stuff I did. And then COVID came along. And if you'd have phoned me up a week before COVID and went, Hey, Steve, are you going to write a second book? I'd have been like, Travis, shut up. <laughs> Lunacy. Because anyone that's writing a book, it's kind of like being interviewed by yourself. And it wipes you out. Yeah. You, you Sometimes you're putting this stuff in a book, and then you can't sleep that night because you're thinking, whoa. It's like therapy. I remember some days going through stuff and then going, <laughs> I'm talking about this in the book. I do some of that, but I don't do all. I've got to start doing that again. And I didn't realize I did that. And you don't sleep. So when the book came out, and you also get people contacting you from all over the world, 
oh, th this I did. And you know, I split up with my wife because it wasn't the relationship that was working. And I'm like, shit. You yeah, know? that's heavy. Yeah. You know? And so there's all these kind of things. That, and I had people going, I didn't realize. I had one guy contact me. He said, I realized I didn't have a relationship with my kids. Wow. And I'm like, I don't know you. Right. I've never met you. Like you got that from this book? Yeah. yeah. But he said, I need to focus on my relationships. Yeah. Because we know, we, we can download a, a YouTube video now that will tell us how to build a bridge. Probably, there's probably one on there that'll tell you how to do open heart surgery. <laughs> but there's no one, that, no video on there that will make the relationship work for you. That's your work. You've mm. got to action it. So blue fishing came out. It was a beast that I just had to feed. And I didn't want to ever do one again. And then COVID came across. And boy, did I get pissed off at the beginning of COVID. Because how many people did you see jumping on Netflix or jumping on or going, hey, what shall I binge watch on Netflix? How else can I waste my life? <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, hey, I all of a sudden have this free time. You know, the one thing that I keep blaming everything in my life on is no longer there. And now that it's no longer there, what I'm going to do instead of doing action on any of the other things that I've always said I was going to do, if I had the time, I'm going to watch 12 seasons the of only my thing, these four shows. Apart from the only other thing that I can't get is time. Yeah. COVID came across and went, Sims, you're not going to fly anywhere. Now, here's the daft thing. I had a list of people that I wanted to connect. They weren't going anywhere. Mm. Everyone that I hadn't been able to contact for like 10 years, I'd always wanted to have a conversation with, I was now able to have a conversation with. Within four months, my entire list, I don't have a list of people that I wanted to connect with anymore because I managed to do it in COVID. <laughs> and I'm in COVID going, hey, ladies and gents, we've now got a nine-day week. We got all of this time. Let's see how we can use it. And I remember saying to someone that what's not going to happen, you are going to die. We all know that. We just hope it's not tomorrow, but we're all going to die. We are not going to get someone come down and go, whoa, 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 time out, Steve. Do you remember that two and a half years you lost out of COVID? Let's start the clock again because you get that back. That's not going to happen. That shit's gone. And I saw all of these people wasting their life. And I was enjoying it. And I was walking the dog and I'm having conversations that would last well into the afternoon with my wife. And I'm having conversations with myself, just sitting in the garden, drinking a cappuccino with my dogs going, why didn't I ever implement that? Why am I doing that when A, I'm not qualified to do it. I'll get a VA in the Philippines to do it at $10 a month. <laughs> or B, why do it at all? Because I don't even like it. Let's get rid of that. So I start going through it and I'm not, you know this, I'm not good at being subtle. <laughs> so I started to put this shit on Facebook. And I said, you, you asked me what to what, binge watch from Netflix. You, you're gone. I'm blocking you from my feed. And someone said to me, you should start writing this shit out a little bit. So I started doing blogs. Okay. Bit by bit, it started. And I, someone said, you need to put this in a book. Now, during COVID, Right at the beginning, apart from the binge watchers, there were a lot of people that were screaming the exact same anthem. Oh, COVID, I can't connect with people. Zoom, FaceTime. Let's forget about those for a second. Phones. Yeah. Let's forget about those for a minute. I can't connect with people. Do you remember those people going, oh, I can't go down to the gym. 
when their fat ass wasn't going down to the gym before COVID. <laughs> but it was the period of excuses now. Right. Um, and this whole book basically details how to negotiate with narcissists. Yes. And this all stemmed from the bad experience that you had working yes. with or partnering with a narcissist. Yes. And you yeah. obviously had no idea that this person was a narcissist when you got into business with them or no. probably would not have done that, <laughs> I'm assuming. If you're kind of giving advice or you're, you know, writing a chapter in this book and somebody's asking you that, they're like, oh yeah, you know, this person in my life, you know, they're really close to me and I've had them in my life for a long time. And I'm just now realizing that like they are narcissistic completely and they drain energy from me and all of the people around them. You know what I mean? Like, what would your advice be to somebody who's realizing that? Like, is it something that that they can help mm-hmm. move forward or move past? Or is it more like a narcissist, a narcissist, and they're always going to be like that? Don't try to change them. It's not going to work. Well, I mean... I always have the four F's, right? Forget about calling them a narcissist. Forget about trying to get them to see your side. Forget about getting them to acknowledge anything that you've ever done. Mm. And forget about to get give you closure because they're not going to do any of those things. Mm. You know, and it, any of that is just going to cause you more pain and it's wasted effort and energy. So... I always say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. And, you know, it's all part, it's all within the slay methodology, which is strategy, leverage, anticipate, and you. And I just, I came up with this step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. Because it was more like baby steps with kind of course correcting and making a full on U-turn. And it's easier for people who feel just completely paralyzed and powerless. And I know what it's like. And I always tell people this because, you know, I was just four years ago dealing with this. And Mm. I can tell you that I was in Hawaii, in, in Maui, standing at the top of, you know, Mount Haleakala with my daughter my youngest daughter and my husband in July of 2019, which is just four years ago now, we were on vacation and my daughter, we got up at sunrise, which is beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been there and done that, but it's- I've not. No. I mean, I've been to Hawaii, but I've not climbed that mountain. Okay. So beautiful. If you go up there at sunrise, it's like heaven on earth and gorgeous. I'm mm-hmm. with people that I love the most on the planet. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, who was 17 at the time, is like, oh, mom, it's heaven on earth. It's so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And all of a sudden, what am I thinking of? Is this narcissist popping into my mind? Mm. And I had this aha moment. At that moment, I thought, no. Yeah. No. You do not get to be here. Yeah, you can't invade my my moments with my people. Yeah. This is not happening. And at that moment, I had an aha moment. Yeah. I thought, every moment I give this person, I'm in victim mode. I said, I'm not allowing this anymore. So the person that walked up that mountain was not the same person that walked down that mountain. And I've never been the same. I said, I am not giving any more. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to be in creation mode. And I walked down that mountain and I told her I'm out. And I decided to finish my negotiation book, which was Negotiate Like You Matter. Mm-hmm. 
and I put it out for endorsements. One of the people I wrote an endor- asked for an endorsement for was Robert Shapiro, who I did not know. He wrote me back within within an hour saying, "Call me." I was like, oh, "Okay, sweet." <laughs> I called him. He offers to write the foreword. Wow, awesome! Which he did, and. You know, magic started to happen. Somebody then told me that she had been a covert, passive-aggressive narcissist, which I'd never heard that word ever or that term ever. And I started doing all this research on it. I had already been the keynote speaker for the American Bar Association on negotiation now, mind you. So I already knew a lot about negotiation. Mm So, and I was still flying back and forth to Florida for my practice part-time at that point. Okay. So I started applying what I was learning about narcissism to my cases. And mm-hmm. it was like I had discovered penicillin. Now, at that point... Especially in those high net worth cases. In those high net worth a cases. a fair amount of narcissism Exactly, exactly. But I always joke I, I moved to LA because there's no narcissist here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Finally, free right. of the narcissist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> so, so I then was also learning the YouTube, how to do YouTube. I was, you know, researching how to learn the algorithms. And I was also teaching myself how to do funnels, landing pages. I was, uh, you know, learning everything from... Russell Brunson. I was reading all of his books mm-hmm. and how to do courses on click funnels and things like that. So I was doing all of this in the fall of 2019. So it was like this whole confluence of events my whole life. Mm-hmm. I was still on call for extra. And okay. so I was running over to their studios in Burbank at mm-hmm. the time. Right. I feel like my whole life was like being set up for exactly what I'm doing now. Yeah. Right. Then did one video. I had like 300 subscribers on YouTube at this point. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had done just some videos on how to negotiate in general. Because I thought I was going to do negotiation in general Mm -hmm. on YouTube. I was doing videos on how to get a job, how to clothing color, things like that. Getting a raise or whatever. Getting a raise. I was getting like 30 views. And they were like, my mom and her church friends. <laughs> Just like we all start on YouTube. Yeah. My mom's like, I watched all your videos. <laughs> hey, thank you, mom. She's Thanks like, for supporting. I got all my church friends to watch. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> like that was my 31st yeah. view. Yeah, exactly. It's my ideal audience for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly who I need. Yeah. So we're gonna need a bigger church, though. <laughs> <laughs> and my father watched too. Okay, great. Yeah, right. So I'm like, okay. So then in January of 2020, I did one video on how to negotiate with a narcissist, and I got like 750 views. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Noticeable jump. Something's going on over here. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna do a course on this. And I thought I'm going to do eight more videos and I'm going to do a course. So I decided to have it go live on March 11th of 2020. Okay. 
I had no idea what's going on in the world at this point. I just picked the date. Yep. And decided to use the acronym SLAY. I grabbed the intellectual property on it. I own the word SLAY, by the way. Nice. That's a good word down. Yeah. And I just you know, decided to go live with it on that day. And I had uh, went live with the webinar, um, Three Must Have Secrets to Communicating with a Narcissist, live webinar. I used, you know, Russell Brunson's whole perfect, perfect webinar, perfect webinar yeah. you know, the whole thing. And that was, you know, I was live. I did it. And within 10 months, I had hundred something thousand subscribers on YouTube. But by January of 2021, I had over a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube and I had made, you know, 1.1 million in course sales. sales Just from, just from free YouTube traffic. From YouTube traffic organically on that course. Obviously hit a vein then. Right. Yeah. And it's a $500 course. I was going to ask the price point. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So 2,000 plus people right. jumped into the course. Jumped just into from, the course. Yeah. Well, so you so you did YouTube video with just like I had a lead some magnet. value. I have a lead magnet, which is my Crush My Negotiation Prep Worksheet. Okay. Which is a 15-page ebook. It's very substantial. Okay. Yeah. I, so so I, then you would drive them to that. Mm-hmm. And then on your email list, you would say, I have a masterclass coming up. Sign up. Yeah, something. I have a five email sequence. Okay. And then um, I have, now it's all evergreen. So I've sold. Your, web, your webinar is evergreen? hmm Okay. So I have <clears throat> like 200,000 on my email list now. Wow. And I have. Is this still all organic? You still haven't. I, yeah. Ventured into I, the I paid tried, ads world? Sh- I have tried paid ads. I, I'm still, I feel like I'm limping along with that. I mean. <clears throat> I mean, hey, if your organic's working that well, I guess I'll keep working on the organic stuff. I mean, I it, I have a guy who's a media buyer, but it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's still a challenge, honestly, I find. But I did launch my, um, Master High Conflict Negotiation Certification Program okay. just a month ago. My very first webinar, I only put it out to my list. I had 1,100 people sign up for it. And I had 120 calls booked. Um, it's a $5,000 course. And um, so I've done three so far. I have. I now have 10 salespeople and I have... Okay. Uh, C- my COO was T.D. Jakes, C- COO for four years. Great. And um, I now have a head of sales and, you know, I have a full-on business doing this now. So yeah. it's, yeah. I've sold over 10,000 of my courses. And, Good for you. Um, I have 40 million views on YouTube now. Isn't it pretty awesome how many good things can come from something that was so bad at the time? Yeah. Well, you're making an impact. That's for sure making a big impact. So one more time, the URL for your book. Slaythebully. Slaythebully.com. Dot com. Slaythebully.com. Yes. And, you know, I start off my book talking about my own story of being bullied as a child Mm. on the playground and being voiceless. Yeah. And how, and I end the book by thanking the bullies. Um, 
because I also now have a 501c3 okay. with Lindsay Snyder, who owns in and out Oh, really? Yeah. So I am, we're going to be providing legal aid for people who can't afford oh, legal That's fees. awesome. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. You're doing a major media tour right now because of this book right here, Buyback Back. Wall time. Street Journal, best-selling book. Yeah, Wall Street Journal so far. And yeah. probably add a I'm couple going more for New York Times. I yeah. literally am going to do the reverse funnel, which is bananas because when I wrote the book, I thought if I could sell a couple thousand copies, that'd be cool. I didn't know tens of thousands of people every month be buying the book. Was that really like the goal? A thousand like- percent. I remember talking to my publisher. So I did the deal with Penguin. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like I built, you, you know, my stuff. Like yep. I'm a software guy. Yep. Like I didn't think I've been like you're publishing. a company builder. Yeah. yeah. I'm a very hardcore entrepreneur operator. And I put all everything I ever knew on YouTube is that was like after I sold my third company, I was like, I'm going to do a YouTube channel to just like give it away. Right. Because I honestly, I mean, Travis, the book's called Buy Back Your Time. I was sick of having the same conversation with people. How do I validate my idea? How do I choose what I'm passionate about? All, like all these questions. And I always joke that, you know, emails where words go to die. <laughs> so I wanted to just like, I'll just do videos on how to and how I think about it and models and stuff. But you know, I never thought I needed to write a book. And then luckily my buddy called me up one day and said, you got to stop being an idiot and I want to read your book. And mm. if you had some help, would you do it? And I said, yep. So I made him, his name is Ron. I said, Ron, I said, if I do this, you need to be the book CEO. I literally, it's kind of fun. It's like a, you know, a uh, usual suspect, the movie. Uh, the I end, know of the movie, but yeah, I well, at the end there's like, he's telling the story about what happened and then you find out I shouldn't tell the end, but anyways, <laughs> There, <laughs> it's been out for a while. Movie. I think it's. I think okay, it's so fine. at the end, you find out the witness is actually the bad guy. Okay. 
And so like the book, people are like, Dan wrote a book. It's a really great book. And then you find out at the end, there's a team. And Ron was the book CEO. I think I heard Gary Vee say this once. He's like, yeah, I have a book CEO. I'm like, if I ever write a book, I want a book CEO. That sounds so good. Yeah, It's a neat idea, right? So Ron became the CEO of the book. I had my agent, Lucinda, my writing partner, Paul. And then we had researchers and copywriters and editors. And yeah. it was a project. And uh, yeah, I thought my, my you know, my, uh, whatever they're called, publisher said, you know, I said, what would be a 10 out of 10? They said, if 4,000 people bought it, like that would make us happy, you know, week one. Okay. And it, I think we sold like 16,000 copies. Wow. wow. Yeah. And this is the cool part. Every week it sells more. What was the reason to do traditional publishing versus, because like coming from the space that you come from, right? Yep. Building a, you know, a bunch of SaaS companies, but then also multi-eight figure coaching yeah. business. Didn't need the money, yeah. didn't need the advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ego. Well, 100% okay. ego. Travis's yeah. ego. Status. Credibility, uh, I guess, more than status. Yeah, ego. I mean, it, it's nice to feel like the pretty girl at the party. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just to learn. Well, it's a I real mean, question though, right? Because like- And so it, that, it is 100% the real answer. Because like, they gave me like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not, but it was like 450,000. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a lot for a first time author. Yeah. But I didn't need it. Like yeah, I, right. I took the money and I kind of just invested it back into the book and right. I put even my own capital. I mean, at one point, and I love- uh, my team there at uh, Penguin Random House. No, I shouldn't say that. There's some, I love some people. Yeah. Like they, they had some issues with the book, but I, it got to the point where even like the title, there were some challenges with the title and I almost bought out my contract and they mm. said, we've never had an author off, like say that. And yeah. I go, I'm that passionate well, about producing a specific A good thing. product that I yeah. actually want to promote. Yeah, I know that you guys do like a book a week. Yeah. This is my thing. Right. I'm going to put this out there. And if I'm not ridiculously proud of it, and I would just rather take it back and find somebody else or do it privately. And luckily, they kind of walked me off the cliff. Shout out to Lucinda. She's incredible. Yeah, that's why I went with the traditional. And somebody yeah. said, you know, it's like, if it could be in New York Times, it won't be if it's self-published. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and look, I'm friends with Chandler Bolt from selfpublishing.com. Mm -hmm. And I've got, I don't know, 400 friends have written books and they've given me the pros and cons, yep. you know, self-publishing or scribe or. Yeah. Or, all of them. Yeah, dude. I tried to do a book with scribe back in the day. I don't know if you've heard about them recently that dude, they went bankrupt. Like dude. What? Yeah. Like, boom. how recent was that? Three, four weeks ago. No shit. Yeah. Like everybody worked there just one day wow. came into work and they're in receivership. That's wild. Yeah, I don't know the whole story. I knew I knew Jevin, the, the CEO, and I obviously know Tucker yeah. and Zach who started it. Yeah, Tucker. I tried to do a deal with them like back in the day, but just their process wasn't aligned with my creative like mm. desire artistically. Yeah, they were awesome about it. Like they literally said, "Look, let's look at us fit our hard costs, and we'll send you the money back." Like because I I sent them quite a bit, but yeah, huh. that's, so I tried it in the past and then decided I need a book CEO. That's how it came to be. Yeah, dude, because I I go back and forth with that stuff all the time because like I hear you don't own as much of the IP or something, but then, ask me if I would do it again now. Would you do it again? Now? No. Okay. No way, Jose. Okay. No way. No, because I knew now I would have missed my editor because he was amazing. Okay. But I'm probably sure I could hire somebody that would have sure. been. You know what I mean? With especially with your skill set. Yeah, yeah. How to hire I people. actually have met people at events that seem really talented in that space. Have worked on some pretty, you know, phenomenal books. And hey, there's a lot of talent on the market right now. Which yeah, drive, no shit. Not around. That's so, not so yeah. That. In hindsight, actually, so I run one of the largest software CEO coaching mentoring SaaS Academy or mm -hmm. client at one point. Yep. So the team and I are writing a new book for just that audience. Yeah. And we're doing that self-published. I think sure. we're gonna go with one of those traditional, like the hybrid companies, right? Yeah. That have the infrastructure because, like, that's what they sell you on is we'll get you in the bookstore. Distributions. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, turns but out- the distribution's shit. They don't sell books. What? And they're kind of honest about it. They're like, 
when you do a book deal, you have to put essentially, I think our book proposal is like 65 pages. It mm. was like a, wow. a real, yeah, it was like- Like you're writing for a grant or something. A thousand percent. It was yeah. exactly like good metaphor. And so by the time you do all that work, it's like, I could just- own it. Because if I could, I would give away bonus chapters. I mm. would give away the audio. I would have sold yeah. for way less. Like, Isn't there rules too about like how you're allowed to sell it or something? Like you would not be able to do like a free plus shipping funnel. That, that's the problem. Like that. yeah. I cannot do that. Yeah. You can't use it as an asset for lead gen. Not the way I would have hoped to. So right yeah. now I'm, I've been toying with the team because the book has gotten so much traction and the feedback, like it's having an impact way beyond I ever thought yeah. that I'm literally going to gift it to a thousand people because mm. I actually think that is ROI positive in the rest of my life. Yeah. So we're just literally working. I got to go buy them at retail, dude. Like, isn't that crazy? That is insane. So like step author. one is call them yeah. up to my publisher to say, to negotiate hey. negotiate a bulk buy deal. Yeah, a bulk buy deal. Who's going to get the warehouse? Who's going to ship it? Book. Dude, for my own book, <laughs> right? Wild. And then once I do that, then I got to go find the people I want to gift it to and then yeah. figure out how we get it in their hands. And if, uh, gosh forbid, I want to do like an insert or a signed copy, I mean, right. it adds complexity through the yin yang. Huh, that's crazy, dude. These I, are champagne problems. I was going to say, yeah. But the nice thing though is like, at least this is a book that it, it's a standalone asset, right? Like it, it isn't like a lead into your SaaS Academy coaching business no. or any of the other stuff that you're doing. It's literally what I love about books like this versus just like another type of coaching book that usually as a lead magnet is like, this is a book that adds to the body of knowledge in, in the that, world. In that category. I yeah, literally right. read Ryan Holiday's book, Perennial Seller. Okay. Okay. So here's how I, I decide, like when I decide- Is that do, new? It, you know, he actually did that probably two books ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably about six, seven years old. I said, okay, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to like make it a thing. And I want it to be like a top book. Mm -hmm. So I reread the top 20 business books in my mind. Good okay. to great, you know, you know, seven habits, all that stuff. Yep. Just to get myself in the headspace and go revisit the old stuff and the newer stuff, mm -hmm. right? Atomic habits, et cetera. And then tried to figure out like what was the pattern I was seeing and how to like make it evergreen, like make yeah. it have a unique perspective on a thing. Right. That wasn't, and that's why people are like, oh, I thought it was more for software. It's like, no, I've been teaching this methodology to my brother who's a home builder, my wife who runs an agency, my best friend who runs a sign company, my friends that own lawn care. Like, this is a book for podcasts or artists because those are my friends that mm -hmm. I've been trying to like take pieces of the frameworks that I teach. Right. And that's why, like, when they've, when they read it or listened to it and they go, oh my gosh, now I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, you've been seeing this happen for 10 years. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but I, I couldn't see the whole thing. Yeah. That's the thing that I underestimated. Well, Atomic Habits is such a great example because that book's been out for five years. Dude, uh, I, I got number two because James yeah. is number one. Still. And he sells 20,000 copies a week organically. Still, after four years. It's insane. Yeah. It's the one of the most successful books in the history. More than four-hour work week, et cetera. And more I remember four-hour work week. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it passed that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, I think, subtle art of not giving an F. Yep. That would be another book in that category. I yep. think maybe a little bit higher. Mark's great. Yeah. But yep. you got to pick those categories. And time is one of them. Productivity is one of them, but it's not as... So it's like habits. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a little bit more niche than that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit smaller market. Yeah. Okay. So... High level, I want to make sure we touch on this. And then everybody knows, if you're watching the show, you're listening to the show, you know, every time we bring somebody on who has a book, I tell you, buy the book now so they don't forget about it and just put it on your list. And this is definitely one of the books that I say, like, absolutely. Make It'll change your life. If you feel stuck. 100%. I guarantee it, it will show you a completely different way of thinking about building your company. 
That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.